0: Family First Sunday, we're talking about Family Talk. That's our series every first Sunday, a series called Family Talk. And this morning, I want to talk to you about hearing God's voice, hearing God's voice. Have you ever heard God speak? Uh, when's the last time God spoke to you? And what did he say? What did he sound like? Uh, I want my kids to know the voice of the Lord, and, and so we're talking about leaving a legacy of faith, about handing that, that tradition over to the next generation in our Family Talk series, and, and uh, my kids are four and seven now, and, and I, I tell you what, every, uh, every few months or so from when they were both very young to now, they always ask me, uh, how do, Daddy, how do you hear God? will be praying at night before they go to bed, and, and I'll talk about listening to the Lord or, or explaining something about the Bible. And they, they ask the question, how do you hear God's voice? I've never heard Him speak. And so they're thinking audibly, and I begin to tell them how God can speak into your heart. And wouldn't it be awesome if God did just speak audibly to you? Do you think that might be easier sometimes? If there's a voice came out of heaven, so like, Larry, do this. You know, sometimes you could be like, okay, God, that that's very clear. But you know, the children of Israel had that option. The Bible says that they heard God speak through fire and thunder and earthquake and they trembled and thought they might die. And so they asked Moses, Moses, you go do this for us. And the Bible says that Moses went into the tabernacle of the presence of God and spoke with God as a friend face to face. Wouldn't that be awesome? So much so that his face radiated and changed with the glory of God. But even though they could hear the voice of God audibly from the mountain, and even though they had someone going into the tent to listen to, them, to God for themselves, the Bible says that they still tested God in the wilderness, and they rejected His voice. Something, something to think about is even though we would love to say, man, I'd love to hear God speak audibly, Hearing God audibly is not always the issue. They heard it and they still didn't listen and understand. You see, uh, even married couples will know this. There's a difference between listening and hearing. Am I right, ladies? There's a difference between when you're talking to your husband and whether he's really listening to you, right? There's the, yes, I hear audible notes coming in my ears. There's another thing about actually understanding and doing something about what you're saying, right? Right? And so sometimes we have to put everything else down and pay attention. And Israel had a problem with that. I'm going to get Pastor Christian and one of our youth to come real quick and kind of give you an illustration about what I'm talking about. So, all right, Isaiah is coming. Isaiah is going to put these headphones on his ears. And uh, Pastor Christian is going to mouth something to him. So he's got these noise canceling headphones, right? And so uh, turn up the volume, he says. All right. Let's see if Isaiah can guess what Pastor Christian's saying. Okay. Silly Sally slipped. Read his mouth. Silly Sally slipped. One more time. Silly Sally slipped. Slipped? Hey, there you go. All right. (laughs) Give me a hand. Give me a hand. You know, sometimes it's like that with God. Sometimes it's like that with God. It's like we have headphones on, and we can't quite hear. We can get, okay, God, I kind of understand you're saying something about don't do this or do this, but I'm not really getting it in. You know, the problem is that God is always speaking, but maybe there's a reason we don't hear Him. It could be our lack of quiet time in our busy lives. It could be sin issues. It could be a lack of faith. Or perhaps we don't really know where or how to listen. And maybe we don't know the difference between the voice of our own desires and thoughts and the voice of God. And that often gets us into trouble. Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, look what Jesus said. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You'll keep on seeing, but you'll not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. Everybody say Dull. Dull with their ears they scarcely hear, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Listen, hear, obey." Listen, here, obey. Bert's going to help me with something. Bert, I want you just to say a few words for us and, and uh, see if we, can, if we can listen. Oye, tengo un mensaje para tú. Eh, la respuesta para los problemas en esta vida es el Señor Jesucristo. Jesucristo se dice, soy es el vida, soy es el camino, soy es el verdad. How many people understand understanding so far? You got it? Are you ready? No? We could turn Bert up and up and up, and he could get louder and louder and louder. But unless you understand Spanish, that was Spanish, right? Unless you understand <laughs> Spanish, you ain't going to get it, right? Give Bert a hand. Appreciate you, Bert. Right? Unless you understand Spanish, unless you have practiced the language of Spanish. Now, I took, I don't know how many years of Spanish, and I only got bits and pieces of it. Why? Because I don't practice Spanish every day. And to listen and hear and understand the voice of God is not about God getting louder in your life. It's about you having ears to hear. How many say amen to that? It's not about God being more visible or louder. God is plainly visible. God is plainly speaking. And He doesn't need to get any louder in your life. You just have to have the ears to hear. Listen, hear, and obey. Listen, hear, and and obey. What is God speaking to you today? Let me give you this is a little teaching this morning. But seven ways God speaks today. Seven ways God speaks if you listen, hear, and obey. Listen, hear, and obey. Number one is this. are You ready? Number one is called natural truth. Natural truth. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Psalms twenty nine says the vo- the glory of God thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice. Of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Now, Psalms repeatedly, if you read David and, and some of the other psalmists, man, they are always declaring that God is always speaking through what? Creation. He's always speaking creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. His the, the these mountains are pouring forth speech about that there is a God. And the Bible says the fool in his heart says there is no God. You know, sometimes you just need to slow down and go out in the night sky and take in some of that night air and look at the stars and just know in your heart and build your faith up that there is a God. You know, every year, uh, I don't hardly really ever kill a deer, but I love to deer hunt because Why? Not not only do you get to the meat part sometimes at my house, but I get to just watch the sunrise. And that is the most faith-building times, just to know that there is a God. Do you know that today, if the sun was any hotter, we wouldn't have life? If it was any colder, we wouldn't have life. If it was any further away, we wouldn't have life. If it was made, if the sun was any older or younger, we wouldn't have life. If the earth was any different degree of tilt, on its axis, we wouldn't have life. If the moon was any smaller and it wouldn't clean the tidal waves, the tidal pools every month, we wouldn't have life to clean the oceans. Uh, if, If Saturn and Jupiter were not in our solar system in the exact place that they are, we would have asteroids hitting the earth and we wouldn't have life. If our solar system was in a different place in our Milky Way galaxy, the radiation would be too much that we could not have life on this planet. And if our galaxy, the Milky it was in a different place in the universe the radiation would be so much that we would not have life just on this planet and even if we did have life on this planet that life had to exist in a perfect ecosystem where animals eat animals and plants are there available for them that there's a perfect cycle of rain and ice and snow and cleaning of evaporation and raining and the wind moving across the ocean and forming weather patterns to create seasons in time, if all of that was in any different order or did not perfectly align, we would not be here today. And even if by some miraculous chance, some little amoeba or cell birthed out into oblivion out of nothing, the chances of it dying would be astronomical by any form of weather or disease or some kind of event happening. And even if it did evolve, there's no way it would evolve into intelligent life because... It needs a tree to eat from, or it needs another animal to eat. Everything could not be made independently, but it all was made together perfectly. Somebody say amen. Amen. The fool says there is no God. Creation is declaring there is a God, and he's speaking. He's speaking. The number one way, Paul says in Romans chapter one, he says, there is no excuse from the beginning of time. God has always been speaking through his creation that there is a God. Number one is natural truth. Number two is this. Number two is this. God is speaking through conviction. God is speaking through conviction. John 16, verse 8 says, And when He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in Me, Jesus said. Jesus said the Holy Spirit... The Father would be drawing all men to himself, that God the Father is drawing and convicting the world to himself. And you will either respond to that conviction or you'll hate him for it. That's why so many people hate Christianity today, because the Holy Spirit is drawing and convicting the world of sin, drawing men to himself. And when the Lord speaks through maybe a pastor or something, uh, it pierces to the heart Peter, when he preached it, the, the people in Acts said that, it, that word pierced to the heart. It wasn't just Peter speaking. That the Holy Spirit pierced to the heart and called them to repentance. I remember as a teenager that I, uh, I loved the Lord and, and I'd read my Bible and I was a good Christian kid. But I knew that there was something more that I should be experiencing in the Lord. I had sin issues. I had uh, pride issues. I never would go front to the altar. I knew that I was supposed to be responding to the pastor's sermon and going to the front to pray. I knew that in worship I was supposed to be raising my hands, and I felt it. I felt like, but I was like, I would just hold my hands down because I just could not surrender control to God. I couldn't give up pride. I could. I cared about what people thought about me. It felt embarrassing. I cared more about all those things, and I never raised my hands in church. I never went to the front. I never sang out loud, and I just, it, it was gnawing and gnawing for months, gnawing on me, give up, surrender, 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 that I was in control of my life way too much, and I couldn't be ashamed and unabandoned for God, and one day I found myself at a revival service on a Tuesday night, and I don't know how I ended up there, but I ended up at the front on the right side, and just totally surrendered, my, I was saved, but I totally surrendered my life to God in a powerful way and God came over me and began to move on my life in ways He'd never done before. You know, you will pay a grave price if you continue to surrender, or if you fail to surrender to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know, that conviction is a demonstration of His grace because He loves you enough to draw Him to Himself. You know, the Bible says the only unforgivable sin is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? That's where we fail to surrender our life. If our dying breath we will fail to surrender to the conviction of the Holy Spirit to say, yes, I believe there's a God and I surrender my life to Him because He's always drawing and convicting. So thank God for conviction. Thank God for conviction because He wants you to know Him more. That's the second way God speaks. Are you ready number three? Everybody say number three. Number three is the living word, the living word. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says, But know this. First of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is as a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Listen here, obey. Listen here, obey. Peter says, from the days of old, God has always spoken through the prophets and through angels. And Luke says the same, that God has always been speaking through Moses and Jeremiah, even David and the Psalms. God's always been speaking. And they were moved to write it down. But there's been a better way now. That God, the spoken word, the logos from Genesis chapter 1, when God spoke the world through existence, he used his son, Jesus Christ, to create life. And that word, John 1 says, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him, and we saw his beauty and his glory of grace and truth. And we saw that this is the word of God made flesh. And he's revealed him. He's revealed who God is. And see, Jesus is the living Word. You know, your Bible is more than just text on a page. The Bible is more than just history lesson. And you know, I could take out pages of the Bible and preach a different things. And, and some, over the course of co- uh, church history, people have tried to remove the miracles out of the Bible. They've tried to not preach the book of Acts. They've tried to skip over the gifts. They've tried all kinds of things. But you know what? That's not the Bible. Because the Bible is more than just Greek and Hebrew and English and Latin and all the things that we translate it to the Bible is living. It's the breathing, living Word of God. You see, Jesus is more than just on this text. He jumps off the page and into our hearts, and that's the kind of Word God speaks through. I remember after that event happened in my life, um, and I came to that altar and just surrendered a lot of pride, a lot of of control. I went to college not long after that, and I I remember being in our, our dorm room, and my, my friend was bunking. We were at a bunk bed in our dorm, and we're on a campus of thirty thirty five thousand 35,000 kids. And I'm a freshman in college and going to be a psychology major. And God had never... I, I love the Lord. Now, let me say, I, I, I tried my best as a good, working, religious Christian. God had never spoken to me before in my life. And as I begin to read the Gospel of Luke... I remember sitting on my bed with a little lamp at night. It's like 10 and 11 o'clock at night. And as I began to read the Gospel of Luke, I remember for the first time in my life as an 18-year-old, they just began to jump off the page into my heart. And I would write it down in a little journal. And the next night, I'd read another chapter of Luke and other things would jump off the page and speak to me. And I'd have three points about it and develop thoughts about it. And I'd write it down and I'd write it down. And I got so excited that, oh my gosh, This is what pastors and people of old have been talking. This is what older people talk about, where God begins to speak. And by the end of that year, I had 60 sermons that God had begun to give me. And I was not even called to ministry. I had no idea I was going to be a pastor. I had no idea I was going to be involved in leadership in a church in any way. Because God just is looking for hungry hearts to speak to. And when's the last time you opened up the Bible and things jumped off the page and into your heart? Because God is always speaking if you're willing to listen, hear, and obey. Listen, hear, and obey. The next one, number four, is this, is the internal voice. or We might say impression. Internal voice. Acts, Acts 8, verse 29 says, Then the Spirit said, listen, the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot of the Ethiopian. Another place, Peter had saw this vision that God was correcting him on some doctrinal issues. And then it said, Acts ten nineteen. as Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you and are coming to your door. Can you, I mean, just to, to know that, man, I'd been with Jesus for three years, and I had relied on Jesus to speak audibly to me. But John 14 says, but the Comforter is going to come and he's going to teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I've given unto you. And he's going to be your counselor, your advocate. And so Peter now has received the breath of the Holy Spirit on his life from John chapter 20. He's received the power of the Holy Spirit in the baptism form from Acts chapter 2. And now, guess what? He doesn't have Jesus right beside him anymore, but he has the Holy Spirit speaking on the inside. And sometimes that's what we think about when I say, Does the Lord speak to you? And you think, Well, I don't, I'm, I don't know. How do I hear that voice? It's like I had Bert come and, and, and speak Spanish. Sometimes you have to learn how to hear Him inside of you. And I uh, was talking to Ariana about that uh, a few weeks ago. And, and I tried to explain it as best I could to my, my seven year old. And it was like she was thinking, There's this other voice audibly speaking inside your head, like Jiminy Cricket, you know, for those of you who remember Pinocchio. You know, like something on there is just kind of whispering in your ear. I'm like, well, it's kind of like an impression. Uh, I remember as I began to grow in, in the Lord. And I, I just the first few times that God began to do this in my life, that just to I, I go talk to a stranger, just to feel this sense, like my heart started pounding. Uh, early, the first few times he ever did it was my heart was pounding. I started sweating. And I'm like, I don't want to go talk to that stranger. That's embarrassing. I don't know what to say or what to do. And he's like, no, go across the street and talk to that person. I'm telling you, I didn't do it. I didn't so many times, the first few times, I did not do it because I was worried. What if this is not me? What if it's God? I don't know how this is going to happen. Because it takes practice. And since then, I can tell you, I have lost count how many times. God has told me to pray for someone because they're having an issue with their father or to call someone out in service because they're going through a trying time or to tell someone something that I didn't have a clue how I knew that information because God is always speaking when we learn how to listen, when we learn how to listen. He gives you that internal voice. And sometimes we all have thoughts and feelings And it's hard to do that and to know what's the difference, but it takes stepping out in faith to listen, hear, and obey. So when's the last time the Holy Spirit spoke something to you? Next one, number five, is confirmation. Confirmation. And this one, we probably all know this one. Remember the story of Gideon in Judges 6? Gideon says to God, Don't let your anger burn against me that I may speak once more. Please, let me take a test once more with this fleece. Now, 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 God, would it be dry only on the fleece let there be dew on the ground. And then it says, God did so that night, for it was dry only on the fleece, and dew was on the ground. Remember the story? Gideon has just been called to do something bigger than he's ever done before. He's a little guy, and loved the littlest tribe, and... God says you're going to fight this great army, but hey, by the way, you're not going to do it with anybody, just a few handful of people, basically. And he's like, well, just can I, can I put this fleece out, this sheepskin, and just put it on the ground and, and let it be, you know, wet on one and dry on the other. And then he's like, okay, that happened, but ah, uh, was that God? I don't know. Let's try it the other way. Let's make, it, let's make it wet on the other and dry on this one. You know, and he begins to ask God for a couple of signs. You'd think God would kind of be upset about that. God's loving and patient. He's kind. He's slow to anger. And he says, okay, I'll do that for you, bud. You ever had things just work out in your life a certain way? And you just look at the situations, you think, well, maybe that's a sign. Little things could happen in your life. You're going through trying times, and different things just seem to work out, and you just feel like, man, maybe that's, maybe that's the Lord telling me something. How many people have had things like that before? You just look at their situations, and you're just like, maybe, maybe that was a sign. It could be a little, little things here and there. You know, the apostles taught the early church to say this. They said, say, when you talk about your situations in life, they said, if the Lord wills. If the Lord's will, we'll go buy and sell this. Paul said all the time, if the Lord wills, I'll come see you guys. If the Lord wills, I'll be able to make a journey back to that church. If the Lord wills, James said, why are you telling people your vacation plans and what you're going to do for the next year? He says, you don't know what you're going to be gone tomorrow. He says, if the Lord wills. Say everything preemptively, if the Lord wills. Why? The early church believed that their situations in life often were due, if they're in the will of God and they love the Lord, that their life is ordered by the Lord. For instance, that meant if they were going to prison, the Lord wills it and we're gonna learn something through it. If the Lord wills me to go to prison, then I'll go to prison for the gospel. If the Lord wills me to be blessed, then I'll be blessed. If I'm in a trying time right now, maybe it's the Lord's will, and guess what? Maybe he's speaking something to me through this situation. We don't always think that way, do we? We think, oh, well, this has got to be the devil. Sometimes the Lord is speaking through you. James said the testing of your faith produces endurance. Sometimes God allows us tests and trials because he wants to speak to us. And the early church said every situation that we go through in life, it must be the Lord's will, otherwise it wouldn't happen. So he must be trying to tell us something. If I'm in prison, like Paul and Silas, it's the Lord's will, so guess what we're going to do? We're going to sing. We're going to rejoice in the Lord in this time because this is the Lord's will. Why? Because the Philippian jailer was going to get saved and his whole family was going to be converted. Why? But you had to go, he had to go through that time because the Lord willed it. Maybe God is speaking to you today. Maybe there's something you're going through that you want to say, God, what are you doing? And maybe, just maybe, that situation is God's way of speaking to you about something in your life. Somebody say amen. I remember uh, when we came down to Gina, uh, it had been months before, I, I, we had known that we were supposed to, I just knew that impression of the Holy Spirit that we were supposed to leave our former church. It was a year, ago, year in advance, I knew in a year in advance. And so my, uh, I had someone tell me, as we were driving through this town, an elder of, of mine, a person I look up to, said, as we were driving through this town, we heard your name. And there was a church open in that town, and they said, hey, why don't you come Just get to know this church a little bit. And it was a one-lane town, a small rural town. I had not applied to any rural town. I was a young adult pastor. I was going to a town with a college. And that's what I would plan to do. I had not planned to go to rural Louisiana or rural anywhere. Now, my family's rural, so I grew up rural. I get it. But I had not planned to. Well, I went to this town called Maryville, Missouri, and I began to talk to the church there. And they were in a building project, and they were wanting to see ministerial alliance and they were wanting to do some awesome stuff in their community and kind of own it and, and they were uh, on downtown on the main strip and there was a furniture store next to a McDonald's and, and all this stuff and I'm like alright maybe this is where God would have us to go and we, uh, we went there and it just never worked out. They never called. We didn't have anything and years go by and thank the Lord that church had all kinds of problems and they fired their pastor and it was all kind of bad stuff and, and I just like thank you Lord. I missed that one. But as Beth and I came down and 2013 came through Gina Louisiana. And I said, Beth, doesn't this kind of remind you of that town that we went to that didn't work out? And when we came here, we just knew. You see, sometimes just situational things. I wonder if God had sent us to that town just to prepare us to be willing to come to this town. You know, God just orders your life when you're walking in his will, if you're willing to listen, hear, and obey. Amen? Number six is this, godly counsel, godly counsel. Acts 15 says, It seemed good to us, having become one mind, the leaders of the church said, to select men to you, Barnabas and Paul. They said, It seemed good to us as leaders having come together in one mind to make this decision. You know, God sets up leaders and and elders in your life to give you godly counsel. The Bible says that it's a fool that rejects counsel. The fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to counsel. Proverbs 12 when Christians Christians are called to come under leadership and authority in their life, it might be a spiritual elder that has mentored you for years. It might be your pastor or a deacon or a small group leader or an elder in the church that we are called to listen to those who have been further down the road that might give us some just godly common sense sometimes when we don't see things the way we think we should see them or the situations the way they should be. You know, there have been people who have on this journey longer than you that might give you some good advice. Somebody say amen to that. We all need people. I need somebody in my life telling me if I'm being foolish because I need to know. Maybe I've never navigated this season before, but somebody else has. I, I remember talking as I was a young adult pastor for, for five years and, and just counseling young people, college students, and postgraduates and young married couples, and just to try to offer advice. And you know, sometimes you try to give someone advice, they're like, no, I got it. I know how to do this. I've been there, i got, I got understanding, I, I know how to figure this out, I know she's not a Christian, but I should date, she's just so fine, I want to date her, and you're like, dude, it's not going to work out, and guess what happens, it don't work out, because you rejected godly counsel. As a young person, I did not always agree with my pastors, and as a staff pastor, as associate pastor, there were many times that I really did not agree with things in my church, uh, on staff with my leader. But I remember in, in times that we would, we would vocalize that disagreement with my pastor and I, and, and always in a loving, godly way. And I just told him, I said, man, when we walk out of this room, though, I've got your back. I respect you. I will follow you. I will carry that armor. I love you. I will always go to bat for you. and You don't ever have to worry if I've got your back or not. I didn't agree with this, but I support you 100% because you're the pastor, and I'm just the staff pastor. Yeah, You hear that? Okay. <laughs> uh, I had to learn a lot. Remember the story of David and Saul? Because David's like, I know I'm going to be king one day, but God hasn't taken Saul out of the way yet. And David, even in the cave when he could have killed Saul, knew not to touch God's anointed. And that's not saying anything special about Saul because Saul was totally wrong. But it was more about what God wanted to teach David. If you can't follow man, how can you ever follow me? If you can't follow godly counsel from men that you can see, how could you follow God's counsel whom you can't see? And God teaches us humility. He teaches us patience. He teaches us instructions. Even if we disagree, even if our elders may be even wrong, there's a time that we should follow authority. So maybe do you have someone in your life that could speak godly counsel to you? Who would you go to to listen to and submit to? And be patient to listen with. We all need spiritual elders in our life. And the Bible is clear that they can give you the voice of God through their life. The lastly is this, supernatural. Mark 16 says that signs followed the early church and confirmed the word as they preached. Even Peter uh, in Acts 2 said, man, that uh, he prophesied Joel 2, that that's the day, or Joel chapter Joel. He said that sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. And Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, he said the church should be so supernatural that when unbelievers come into your church services, he said, and he said all, a l l, all. First all. Corinthians chapter twelve, he says, when all, a l l, when all prophesy, that that unbeliever will be convicted and fall on their face before God and declare there is a God. Now, we have doctrinal lies and denominational lies, all the Holy Spirit stuff, but I believe the Bible is true yesterday, today, and forever, and that Paul is saying, you have got to be a people who believes God still speaks prophetically. He speaks through tongues and interpretations. He speaks through spiritual gifts, words of knowledge and wisdom. He can speak through healings and miracles. He can speak through signs that accompany the Word of God. God is a supernatural God, and He can speak supernaturally. How many people believe that? I thank God for a tradition of growing up in a spirit-filled church where God still spoke through elders and mature Christian believers to give me words and advice, to give me words of encouragement, to words of wisdom or prophecy. that would change the direction of that church service or even the direction of lives. I remember uh, there was a time in my life where I was very dry. And uh, I'm going to close with this. I was very dry and I had not heard God. So I was in ministry, a young pastor, and I had not heard God. God speak. I was just, I knew there was something more. And so I devoted a month, a month uh, to fasting and praying, and I'd been challenged that all the gifts of the Spirit are available to anyone who wants them. You want to speak in tongues? You can have the gift of tongues. You want to prophesy? You can just seek it and ask for it. I'm in faith. God's going to use you in it. I just believed it, and I took a month to fast and to pray, and for a month I began to just get myself out of the world's ideas and took time to not eat and pray and, and within one month of doing that, God began to use me in dreams and visions and dreams that would impact my life and my ministry forever, dreams that would be for a season, visions that would come Now, I'm not a crazy spiritualist type person, but uh, I can probably give you almost a dozen in the last last 12 years, probably 12 dreams and visions that God has given me for my ministry or for my message or warnings or exhortations or for other people that God has given. Because why I simply asked in faith, I was willing to listen to how God might want to speak in my life. The reason we have common ground worship service is because right there on the floor, God smacked me down and gave me a vision for common ground starting in LaSalle Parish, Louisiana. Uh, The reason we went to high school for nine months is because I was right over there in that pew and God took me down and said, nine months, nine months, nine months. I don't understand everything. I don't know everything. I just need to listen, hear, and obey. And sometimes it's like we have the headphones on and we said, no, I don't want to hear God that way. I, don't, I just want to, how I'm comfortable. Maybe we need to say, Lord, however you want to speak to me, I'm willing to receive it. I will listen, here and obey. And maybe it's like the Spanish. Maybe it's not that God isn't speaking or that he needs to talk louder. Maybe we just need to start practicing. How do we listen to the voice of God? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears what? My voice and opens the door, that takes faith. Opens the door. That's your part. Opens the door. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Wouldn't you want a closer relationship with Jesus where he's speaking to you face to face? Where it's so intimate in communion. He says, I'm I'm always knocking. I'm always speaking. I'm just waiting for someone to open the door in faith and let me in. Maybe today God has spoken to you in some ways, or maybe you could say, man, I haven't really heard God speak in a while. Maybe it's reviving that Bible life where the words are coming off the page. Maybe it's time to slow down and just get alone with God and just look around you and see Him so active in your life. Maybe you're in a situation right now that doesn't make any sense and you don't know what God is doing and why you're in this place. Maybe that situation is the voice of God. Maybe you've rejected counsel in your life and you need to come under someone in authority and then say, Lord, how can I submit to this this godly counsel? Or maybe you said, I've never been used in the gifts of the Spirit. I've, I've not ever seen God do me, use me in those ways. And you're going to take time this month to just pray and fast and say, Lord, I'm open to hearing your voice in that way. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Misty, would you come?